for the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Kate Scott. This is the update. On today's show, we delve into the blockbuster late 80s baseball trade that thankfully for all you Will Clark fans like me never happened. Because seriously, not only would I not have had a Halloween costume for eh, at least four years of my childhood, but the entire basis of my Giants fandom, poof, would have been gone. I can't, I can't even wrap my head around what my childhood would have looked like without Will the Thrill in orange and black. Thankfully, we have Grant Brisby to help us do just that. It's Wednesday, April 8th. Well, Grant, thank goodness this never happened, uh, because I can't imagine how different my childhood would have been. Why had I not heard about this potential massive Giants mistake, Grant, until I read your article? I don't know. I mean, I didn't know about it either until ESPN's Sam Miller was doing research. He figured this out, and he just sort of tagged me in with a a little screenshot of the original rumor from Sports Illustrated. And the rumor is that there was a Don Mattingly for Will Clark trade that wasn't just rumored, It was supposedly a done deal, or that Don Mattingly was told that it was a done deal during the 1988 World Series. It was going to be Don Mattingly and Rick Roden to the Giants for Will Clark, Atlee Hamaker, and Craig Lefferts. And why weren't we talking about this for the last 30 years? Like, (laughs) come on, that's a franchise-shifting deal that was almost done. So why would either team want to do this, Grant? What was going on in that 88 season? Okay, so I had a couple of different theories. And the first one is that, look, it's 1988, and teams back then were really interested in batting average and contact and not striking out. And Will Clark was, you know, he hit more homers, and he led the National League in walks in 1988, but he hit 282, and Don Mattingly was a career 327 hitter to that point. Mm. Uh, So that's the first one. Maybe they just, hey, this guy's a 300 hitter. Will Clark strikes out too much. It's 1988. You know, we have like the Commodore 64 front offices. We just don't have the technology (laughs) to understand this yet. Uh, The the second theory is that it was a bad attitude where you've got Don Mattingly's already like a clubhouse leader. He's this this gritty kind of player. Playing against Donnie baseball was an absolute treat. Playing with him was even a bigger treat. I was a little apprehensive about coming over to the Yankees, but but he was one of those guys that, that just made everybody feel comfortable, whether you were a rookie, whether you were a new guy, whether you were a veteran. Here's a guy who not only dedicated his life to the game that he loved so much, uh, but he dedicated his persona to the other members of the team. Will Clark was a personality that's for (laughs) better and for worse you know he was just fiery he was uh maybe a little bit harder to wrangle hey what's happening (laughs) (laughs) you're over modulating no way no way i've been waiting a long time for this i went to all amateur ones now we're going to the pros And so if you've got this young team coming up, maybe you want a little bit more stability in the personality department. Maybe that's it. It also could have been that the Giants were thinking Don Mattingly was undervalued because before the 1988 season, he was better than Will Clark or close to it or, you know, it was a lot more even than you might think. Mm -hmm. He was hitting 331, averaging 32 homers. And Mattingly hits one out of here. Holy cow. Four for five for Mattingly. A little soft fly to shallow right. It's going to be a tough play. Benica's tagging. Mattingly makes the catch. Throws home. 
And he's out at the plate. Holy cow, what a play by Mattingly. Unbelievable. Slaps one into left field, down into that corner. It's fair. The Yankees will score. It's a ground rule double. Yankees lead it by two. Don Mattingly's ground rule double to left field. Scores Williams and O'Neill, and the Yankees jump up 4-2. And he was like just one of baseball's premier all-stars. So add it all up, and you can almost kind of see it and squint and say, yeah. But the reality was is that at the time, Clark was better. Clark was younger. There was no reason for the Giants to make this trade, and mercifully, they didn't. Okay, if this would have happened, Grant, if the Giants would have traded Will Clark before the 1989 season... Man, what in your eyes would have been different? I'm a big butterfly effect guy. So I, I, I love looking <laughs> I at all the sliding doors. Like I just, I love just going down these alleyways of like, what if this hadn't happened? And so the most obvious one is that in 1989, Don Mattingly had a strong season. Will Clark had an MVP caliber season. If you go by war, which they didn't have back then, but you know, looking back using the modern statistics, Will Clark was a little bit more than four wins better than Don Mattingly. I didn't walk out there every day to lose. I walked out there to kick your ass every day. I wanted to beat you. And, I, and when I had you down, I didn't want to beat you a little bit. I wanted to beat you a lot. I wanted to stomp on you. The Giants won the 1989 NL West by three games. So just the simple math when you do war, it's like, well, they might not have won the division in 1989. No division means no pennant. No pennant, and, and you, you still have the Giants waiting to win that pennant for the first time since 1962. So that's one of the, the easiest dominoes to pick up on. But then even if they make the postseason, you don't have Will Clark going absolutely bananas against the Cubs in one of you know the greatest postseason performances of all time. A drive to right and deep. Dawson going back on the track to the Ivy. It's gone. Home run, Will Clark. And the Giants take a 4-2 lead. Two out. Clark standing in and Maddox throws and Clark swings. High drive. Right field. Going. Gone. Grand slam. Home run for Will Clark. But if you really start tipping these dominoes over, you have Don Mattingly now. You're not just going to let him go in free agency. You've traded away your young franchise cornerstone. You've gotten one back. You can't just let this guy walk. You're going to give him a contract. And the Yankees paid him eventually when the trade wasn't made. They paid him five years, $19.3 million. Doesn't sound like a lot, but at the time, he was the highest paid player in baseball. So the Giants likely would have made him the highest paid player in baseball or close to it. And if they do that, there's no money for Barry Bonds in 1992. Oh, wow. So you're thinking uh, Don Mattingly instead of Will Clark, and then Mattingly gets hurt, of course, and he has a, a much poorer career after that. But then there's no Bonds. And if there's no Bonds, I mean, is there a Pac Bell Park? I mean, you could really start playing with all the different permutations. Well, since you started, don't stop there, Grant. I know that you see that butterfly effect going so far as to impact the managerial hires, including one that brings three World Series trophies to San Francisco. I'm anticipating no Bruce Bochy, you know, because there's uh, <laughs> Dusty Baker isn't as successful without Barry Bonds, and so he, he's maybe bounced a little bit earlier than he otherwise would have been. Who knows who the manager is, except... It's probably Don Mattingly at some point. And <laughs> I'm always really hard on Don Mattingly as a manager just because of his time with the Dodgers. He right, was right. a lot of fun to poke fun at. And it's sort of, that's almost for me, that butterfly effect, because it gives me chills. Like I just, I was never a fan of Mattingly as a manager of the Dodgers in thinking about him. 
as manager of the Giants makes me, you know, kind of gives me that (laughs) shiver up my spine. Oh, and I love that you said no Pacific Sock Exchange poster, which was the one that really hit me in my core because (laughs) I was a Will Clark fan. My older sister was a huge Kevin Mitchell fan. So that was a love of both of ours. And I truly can't imagine my childhood without that grant. Now, you want to know the dirty, dirty secret of my childhood is that I was not a Giants fan back then. I was. I went to the games. My parents were Giants fans, and so they were definitely my second team. But I was a Ricky Henderson fan. Ricky Henderson was my guy. I had Ricky Henderson posters on my wall. Mm -hmm. I kind of missed out on the Will Clark era. I I wrote a a piece about it for a book called The The Hall of, of Nearly Great, and it was like a big regret of mine that I just sort of missed the Will Clark era. I didn't experience it the same way other Giants fans did. So that's my confession time. It was Ricky Henderson for me. Well, as far as other guys to cheer for, I mean, that's pretty fantastic. And it was a great time just for us to be growing up as fans of either the Giants or the A's, right? If that trade happens, there's no Bay Bridge series. There's no Giants A's in the World Series that season. No, absolutely. That was, man, that was a fun time to be a baseball fan, to be a, a kid growing up in, in that. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's Ricky Henderson. It's not like I picked, I don't know, Tim Wallach or something. You know, <laughs> all, all due respect to Tim Wallach. It, that was as fun as it gets. I remember my parents were at the game when Will Clark hit the single up the middle for Mitch Williams. Maldonado with a lead from third. Butler off second. Thompson from first in the pitch. And Clark hits it up the middle in a center field base hit. Maldonado scores. Here comes Butler on his way to third. I was watching that live from home and sort of like, you know, I was enough of a Giants fan to definitely be into that game and and getting excited. I remember where I was. It was in the room with the the tube TV next to their VCR. Like (laughs) these are the images of my youth. And Will Clark was definitely a big part of that. Oh, well, Grant, this was great. I love the article and I love everything you're doing right now. So keep it up. And uh, thanks for giving us a few minutes here today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Kate. Well, like I just mentioned, if anyone was made to write during a pandemic when there are no sports going on, it is Grant Brisby. So be sure to check out the other incredibly entertaining pieces that he is putting out right now, including what he put out yesterday. Which players can Giants and Dodgers fans agree to love? Just click the link in the description notes of today's podcast. Coming up in the next few weeks here on The Update... We'll discuss how four great 49ers went from draft day question marks to the NFL's all-decade team with Niners beat writer Matt Barrows. We'll get into the thriving world of esports, which have been growing like crazy the last few years and are especially popular right now with no other sports to watch. And on our next show, longtime Bay Area journalist and author Joan Ryan stops by the pod to help us examine why we miss sports so much right now and share some timely tidbits from her new book, Intangibles, with us too. Don't forget, you can now listen to us through any of your Google devices. All you have to do is tell your assistant, play the update with Kate Scott podcast. For all of us here at The Update, thanks to my old friends at KNBR for the sound today. Thanks to Grant for stopping by, making us laugh. Thanks to all of you for listening. I'm Kate Scott. Stay home, stay healthy, stay safe. We look forward to talking to you all again with Joan on Friday.